0: So tonight we'll be going to Luke chapter 19, and then I want to look also in Luke 21 at the words of Christ and his teachings, a very important matter, something that that stands out to me. I love these words of Christ. They're very comforting, even though in the same way I imagine at the time they would not have been comforting. Uh, They're comforting um, in a number of ways that, that Christ knows what's going to happen, and he has prepared his disciples for it at this time. There are other things about this text we're going to look about tonight that strengthen my faith. It's so encouraging when I read these things and these teachings of Christ, when I read predictions from Jesus. So if you go to Luke chapter 19, look with me in verses 41 to 44. And we'll get an introduction here to what I want to go and look at over in Luke 21. And the reason I love this so much, this is great in the gospel of Luke, is when you go to Matthew 24, many people read it and they're trying to figure out talking about the coming of Christ and things that are going on there. And some people get very confused, and they come up with some strange ideas. But when you go over to Mark 13, and specifically here in Luke 19 and chapter 21, you're going to get some clarity on what Jesus is teaching there. And I wonder if Luke had that in mind, if he is, is adding that, if, if along with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, or maybe it's by the guidance of the Holy Spirit alone, that Luke is giving us a clarity on this subject and the things that Christ has taught before on this matter. I know I'm being very vague right now. I'm going to be a little bit more vague by reading verse 41. This is what we read. And now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. There is a good memory verse for Wednesday night. And so it's short and it's easy. Uh, but you think about it and you know what the context is. It makes sense. You know, we just generally say that in, gen- in, in just statement. You don't know who's, who's being spoken of there. I like to introduce when I'm writing a narrative or something like that, I like to begin with a little, a little bit of vagueness, not too much. But he here, he drew near to the city. What city and who is he and what is he doing? He's weeping. Why is he weeping over the city? Why is Jesus weeping over Jerusalem? He's been proclaiming and teaching the truth calling the people to the kingdom of God. He's been focused and set on Jerusalem in his journeys from Luke chapter 9. We begin reading about that. That's where Jesus is going. And he comes, and after all this travel, he comes and he's looking over the city. And he weeps. Keep reading, look at verse 42. So he wept, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace... But now they're hidden from your eyes. You've turned against peace. You've turned against the king. What's going to happen? Look at verse 43. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. You didn't know who was with you when he had come. And now we have Jesus making this statement. He's giving a great description about what's going to happen to Jerusalem. I want you to think about that for a moment. If I were to make a a statement like that about a big city around, if I were to say about, uh, um, I'm saying big city in contrast to Thomasville, but to go to Valdosta or to Tallahassee, if I were to go to Jacksonville and, and make a statement that I'm telling you that this city is going to be destroyed and everything in it is going to be laid flat. And you might say, well, he has a chance for that to happen in the next centuries to come, that some event might cause one of those cities to be, to be leveled. But here we have Christ saying this about Jerusalem em- emphatically. And it happens. And we know Jesus predicted this. Even the critics of the Bible say, yes, Jesus predicted the destruction of Jerusalem. And he gives such detail here. Look at the detail of this. This is confirmed by the historian Josephus. Josephus was there when Jerusalem was destroyed. And he talks about this devastation and what was destroyed. And I remember reading a part of Josephus where he talked about there was only three towers left at one moment after everything else had been destroyed. Those towers probably came down as well because we see there's not one stone that was left upon another. But at that point, he looked across and saw complete devastation, and we have that confirmed. All right, the critics recognize that Jesus made these predictions. One way I know this is the book of Acts ends with Paul in prison in Rome in A.D. 62. Paul dies in A.D. 65. Jerusalem is destroyed in A.D. 70. So if the book of Acts ends with Jesus in prison in A.D. 62... That means the book that was written before the Gospel of Luke, was already written before that around A.D. 58. And now we have Jesus confirmed predicting the destruction of Jerusalem in detail. So the enemies are going to come. Rome, they're going to build an embankment around it. They did. They surrounded it and closed it in on every side. That's exactly what happened. They leveled it. Yes, many people died within it. 600,000 Jews are stated to have died historically in this event and along with children as well. Um, with them it's very sad devastating event and it, it comes upon them for their rejection of god for the blood that's been spilt as the bible says from from abel to Zechariah. and so jesus spoke about the the blood that was there against jerusalem that they needed to repent that christ their king had come and they rejected him they turned their backs on him and that this devastation was coming upon the city that the that their enemies were going to surround it. They could have been saved from it, but they didn't turn to their king. I think about that. A lot of things about this passage that are both at the same time um, revealing about God's justice, but also encouraging that God is just. And it's also helpful to know that Jesus knew these events were coming. And here he weeps over it. And that would be the right response, wouldn't it? Knowing the devastation that happens here and Jesus knowing ahead of time what's going to happen, he weeps over the city. There's no lack of love from him. He loves his people. And He wants them to come to faith. We also have throughout the Gospels constant reminders where Christ says the Son of Man is coming. Judgment Day is coming. Christ is going to come with his angels on a day in which you don't know. His angels are going to gather those of this kingdom and those that don't belong are going to be cast out they're going to be cast into the to hell to the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth those are things that Jesus taught and i often think about that because you think about god's justice and the devastation of jerusalem in the scope of christ coming again and there's no way that christ got it wrong he didn't get anything wrong about the devastation and destruction of jerusalem and there's nothing he's got wrong about the coming of him of him coming again in that day of judgment we need to be ready we need to be prepared and how do you think Jesus will respond to the day in which he comes again i think there will be rejoicing there will be resurrection but also for those that have turned against him will there also be weeping again there will be weeping I wonder about the extent to which Christ wept right here. But that's what he happens. He, he weeps. He draws near the city. He knows what's coming upon it. Go with to Luke 21 and you get more details about this. Maybe you'll notice this and how it parallels Matthew 24. Go to Luke 21 and look in verse 5 with me. We'll look at a few sections here in Luke 21. Verse 5. And as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, These things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone will be left upon another, that shall be thrown down. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's saying, Look at the stones. You see the beautiful buildings. Uh, You see the temple and all of its glory. It's all going to be torn down. Of course, that's the last thing they want. This has already happened. The temple's already been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. The Babylonians, about 580 years, or actually it'd be about 600 years before that event. Before. So then that has happened, and the Jews definitely don't want to see that happen. And when Jesus says that you can destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up, of course, he's talking about his own body. But in the context there, you can see how that shocked them at the time. And here, Christ is giving a warning to his disciples and saying, Listen, not one stone is going to be left upon another. Today, there's the temple base that's left there in Jerusalem. And some said, well, there's a stone upon another. I don't know if the temple base counts when you look at everything else. Everything else was completely obliterated and destroyed. But you think about it, you can see historically, we can see today, the things that Jesus said would happen came about, and he gives warning about that. Let's keep reading here in verse 7 and following. So they asked him, teacher, but when will these things be? They want to know, when is it it going to happen? You know, I would like to know exactly when Christ comes back. You know, a lot of people want to know that. They want to ask these questions. What are we meant to know about that? That's another matter. So Jesus doesn't tell them the exact year, but he gives them the warnings and the signs and the things they need to know about to be prepared. And Christ also gives us the same things and the warnings to know about when he's going to return and when the day of judgment is going to come and what we need to do to be ready and prepared for that. So here he, he begins talking about Jerusalem, the events that are going to come upon it. And again, the disciples are asking him, when will these things be and what will be the sign? What sign will there be when these things are about to take place? So they will get some details about the signs and when these events and things are going to take place. And when we go to the book of Revelation, we see events and things that are going to happen before Christ comes back. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. And Jesus says, take heed. Pay attention to yourselves. Take care. Is what he's saying. Take heed that you do not be deceived. And we've read this before. Jesus warns about it. Don't be deceived for many will come in my name saying, I am he. And there are people today in different parts of the world Uh, Even now, there's two people I remember reading recently who claim to be Christ on earth, right now, living. And whether people follow them or believe them or not, I I don't know. But what did Jesus say? He says, don't be received. Many will come in my name, saying that I am he, and that the time is drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. For when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. For these things must come to pass, but the end will not yet come. Will not come... Will not come immediately. Will not come at that time, be another way to translate that. And so Jesus is telling his disciples there's gonna be this, it's this gonna happen throughout time. People are gonna come claiming to be Christ, don't go after them. You're gonna hear of wars and conflicts. Uprisings is another word for commotions right here. These things are gonna happen. And throughout history, there have been wars and uprisings. He says, do not be terrified, don't be afraid about these events that are going to occur. For these things must come first, but the end will not come yet. Now, he's not talking about his return here. It's not what I understand. He's saying you're going to hear about wars, you're going to hear about uprising. And then he's going to give them details about what's going to happen. Keep reading here, verse 10. Then he said to them, nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And if you know anything about the revolt there in AD 66, the Jewish revolt, if you knew the state of the world at that time in the AD 60s, Uh, The Roman Empire was in constant war and disturbances on every front, all over the place. In many ways, people thought that, you know, something is happening. The world's coming to an end. There were earthquakes in numerous places, especially in Jerusalem, more than there had been before. These things are recorded also in Josephus. So nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. There will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. And so now Jesus is telling his disciples who he's talking to, you're going to be persecuted, they're going to put their hands on you. Delivering you up to synagogues and into the prisons. Isn't that what happened to his disciples, his apostles? It is. He's predicting it. He says, you will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. We see that. We see examples of it. The apostles standing before the Sanhedrin. There in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5. We go into Acts further. We go to chapter 22, chapter 26. We see uh, the apostle Paul standing before... Uh, Festus and Felix and King Agrippa. So we see those things being fulfilled. Christ predicted them. Keep reading. Verse 13. He says, But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. And when you read about that, every single time that the apostles are put in a place of which they are being persecuted, and they're being put on trial, and they're being questioned, that they deliver their faith. They say, We're on trial because we believe in the resurrection. We believe that Christ rose from the dead. It is that message of the resurrection that, that uh, is the reason that so many are in conflict with this. Verse 14, Jesus says, Therefore settle in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. Don't think ahead of time. Don't think that you're going to think out your own defense. Just go and God will be with you and he will guide you. Look at verse 15. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom in which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. And then he goes on and says, You'll be betrayed. This has happened throughout history. You'll be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. They will put some of you to death. That's true. And what we know about the history of the apostles, they're all put to death except for John. Verse 17. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will be lost. Well, how can he say that if some of them are going to die? Not a hair of your head is going to be lost. I think he's alluding to the resurrection. When you die, you will rise again. Verse 19. He says, by your... Pay- um, by your patience, possess your souls. Endure to keep your lives, is what he's saying. Verse 20, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, there you see it again, the same prediction, very similar to what Jesus said before that we just read in Luke 19, 41 to 44. Jesus says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its, its desolation is near. This is what reminds me of the prophecy in the book of Daniel, the desolation that's come upon it. Jesus makes that connection as well there in Daniel chapter 9, verse 21. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. When you see, okay, Jerusalem surrounded by armies, get out. Historian in the the 4th century, Eusebius, Christian historian, he reports that when Rome surrounded Jerusalem, that Titus, who was the general, who would one day become emperor, pulled back his forces, and at that time, Anybody who was remaining left of the Christians escaped. They saw that the army surrounded, and no Christians died in the destruction of Jerusalem. You would think the number of them there and, and, and around that area, that somebody would have died in this conflict. And they didn't, because Jesus had warned them and told them ahead of time. And they knew it. Eusebius said Jesus told them. They believed it. And when the, when the city was surrounded, they got out. They escaped. He says, Know the desolation is there. Verse 21, Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let those who are in the country enter her. Uh, For these are the days. Excuse me. And let not those who are in the country enter her. That is in the city of Jerusalem. Verse 22, For these are the days of vengeance. God's vengeance. That all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant in those days or nursing babies in those days. For there will be a great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles under the times of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That's amazing. The details there. What Christ warned about. The revelation there. We can continue to read. And I would encourage you to do that. And we'll discuss more of this on Wednesday night. But Christ knows what's going to happen. He predicts it. He gives them warnings. He tells them in detail what's going to happen. He's preparing his people. And we must be prepared. Be prepared for the Lord to come back when he does. He tells us that he will. Are you ready? Are you a part of his kingdom? When you look at this, you should take assurance that Christ knows what he's doing. You should take assurance that God has just vengeance and that when we read passages like 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 7 through 9, we know the the words of the Apostle Paul where he says that the Lord's going to come back. And when he comes, he's coming with fire and that those who have warred against the Christians and those who do not know God and have not obeyed the gospel, that that God will bring his just vengeance upon them. God's justice is true and it is right. And we should not ignore it. We need to be prepared. We should also recognize as we look over these passages, things are going to happen. There are going to be wars and uprisings. Nations are going to rise up against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. And what do we do about that? Well, you can get afraid. Every time something happens, you can get fearful. Oh, we're going back into this horrible time. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. Put away anxiety. Put your trust in him. He is Lord. Tonight, you believe in Christ and you trust in him. You believe in his teachings. You believe that he is the son of God. Then obey him. Live the life. Be faithful. And if you haven't been baptized, tonight confess your faith and put him on in baptism. Whatever your needs are this evening, we can pray with you and encourage you. We we want to do that. Let's sing together.